Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I am your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? I, I, I think I'm doing okay. Just okay? I wasn't, quite, I wasn't quite sure what to think about this game. I'm still not quite sure what to think about it. Which game? We'll get into it. The West Virginia game. Oh, okay. It's not the only game we're talking about I've, tonight. I've moved on. I don't even know. I don't even know what happened Saturday. I'm moved so focused on. on Morgantown. I've just practically been wearing blue and gold all week. You solid look. Been wearing, good color combo. Wearing their yeah. colors. I have to be of the opponent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting take. It's just assuming the, you know, the culture and trying to understand, getting closer to our brethren. You know uh, what we don't have to assume the culture here, though, Michael? Was that that? John Denver was a Red Raider. It's true. He was. Actually attended Texas Tech University. And you know what that great song everybody likes to point to? I, I hate to do this, Michael. I hate to do it. No, you don't. He was singing about the western part of the state of Virginia. Not the state of West Virginia. It's true. Because the geographical landmarks aren't even in the state of West Virginia. Also true. Okay. That is all. You want to... Which is a confusing song because it's not like it was written in the 1780s or something. No. It was it was written in the sixties, seventies. I mean, this is just a confusing thing to call a song about West Virginia, but it's really about Western Virginia. Yeah. It's like West Texas. There's an estate in West Texas. You're talking about no. an area of the state. It's a large area of the state that we know uh, basically 35 and west of that. Well, yeah, I, I don't – and there's not even a, another comparison because with there's, – there's a north and south Carolina. So that would be almost heaven, north, north Carolina. So you'd get it. You would, you would know what state they're talking about. North, south Carolina? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> South, North Carolina. Yeah, you would get it. But it doesn't work that way with Virginia. 
It's an outlier. It's okay. I've never been there, but I, I think I would love visiting West Virginia. Oh, I'm sure it's great. Absolutely would love it. Um, Let's go. I can't remember when this was brought up. It had to do with around the Wyoming game because uh, they were talking about the elevations in the new Big 12, in the Big 12, uh, and that Texas Tech was going to be second highest in the new Big 12 in terms of elevation of the stadium behind Provo. Um, oh. And that they they had actually assumed that West Virginia would be pretty far up there because they're, they're in the mountains, they're in the hills or whatever. They're like 1,000, 1,100 feet above sea level. It's like Dallas. Yeah, they're they're too close to the to the ocean. So even though they're in the mountains, they're not they're you know twenty five hundred yeah. feet lower than Lubbock. All that to say, Texas Tech will be ready. Book it. Uh, we're gonna talk about Tarleton State, Michael. I, I know I know you said you moved on. We're gonna we're gonna chop it up for a minute. <laughs> okay. Um, and Michael and I were talking about this before we hit record. Before we hit stream on the old YouTube platform. Uh, there will be words spoken in a semi-positive light of our starting quarterback, Mr. Tyler Shuck. All right. From me. I'm One prepared. of his strongest de- detractors, haters, whatever. Um, I don't want to give... Too much away. Now there, there are a lot of pieces of statistical evidence that backs up what all of us are seeing. And like, yeah, he's just not the guy. Yeah, I get that. But there, there's a conversation to be had, and I think there's a reason, uh, and it's a plausible reason why we're seeing comments like he's our starting quarterback from head coach Joy McGuire. Now, whether or not comments like that actually precede a change at quarterback can be argued. I've seen that point brought up like, well, you know, it's not like you see uh, Mike McCarthy McCarthy going out post game. Well, Dak Prescott's going to be our starting quarterback next week. <laughs> really? You had to make that announcement. It's the, it's, it's the vote of confidence. It's It's like the AD... Yeah, the vote of confidence for the, saying that the the head coach, Coach Wells, will be here. He's our next guy. Next year. He's our guy. And then five games into the season, you're not our guy. Yeah. Um, so all that to say, like offensive woes are are to be seen, found, statistically backed up. Which we'll talk about. We'll talk about the greatness. That was the running game. We will talk about big plays, uh, how close we got to our pregame predictions. Uh, do you want to talk about the throwback uniforms, Michael? In the document. I put it, I put it in there because it sounds like you had some takes on it. I did. I wanted I to see if they changed once you saw them in action. So, And then we'll get to our West Virginia, actual West Virginia Mountaineer preview, not Western Virginia. Um talk about all that uh then set the set the table for the big 12 the week of big 12 action 
um, lots of statements could be made as conference play for the majority of teams are kicking off. I know TCU and Houston have already broken that seal, um, but most everybody else is opening conference play. There was a new commitment tonight. Uh, new wide receiver out of Stephenville. We'll touch on that for half a second. Um, and then we'll wrap it up with what do we learn? So, you know, Michael, uh, I say we just jump into football. Let's uh, let's not even hit the play button on the on the bumper. It's too long. I've, I've talked myself out of it. I haven't updated it yet, but it's too long. We're just gonna we're just gonna jump right in. So, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Yes. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. 
Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. All right. Texas Tech wins Saturday night, 41-3 versus Tarleton State. Uh, the pessimist in me, Michael, says Texas Tech beats teams like this 63-7 to seven previous years like they did Murray State last year, like they beat uh, Lamar a few years ago, 77-0. And you only put up 41 against Tarleton. Granted, you were pitching a shutout for most of that night, uh, ultimately gave it away um, with a field goal in the fourth quarter. Um, But your starting quarterback and the starting offense essentially were only able to get you 17 points in a little more than a half of this football game. That's troublesome. Yeah, and of those 17 points, I think it was five punts out of out of eight drives. Yeah. Um, McNamara punted only five times in the night, correct? Yes. So by the time Shuck was off the field... McNamara was also off the field. Yes. Uh, the Yes, if I remember right, Morton's drives resulted in a field goal, touchdown, touchdown, interception. That is that is accurate. I'm looking right now. Um, okay, so offensively, uh, first and second down, uh, you were better. Your average distance on third down this past weekend was 5.6 yards, which is still a ton, especially against an FCS opponent. Um, on your 14 third down attempts, you, which you converted six of, um, only 43%, which is not good. You were two for That's two. It's got to be higher against an FCS team at home. Yeah, uh, it has been higher against other opponents when you had, you know, even longer uh, third downs to pick up. Um, but yeah, you got to be better than 43% on, on, on third down. Uh, two for two on fourth down. So offensive woes, you know, here's, here's what I'm going to say. Like, I don't know because I'm not the coach. I'm not on the coaching staff. I'm not privy to all the conversations, all the film all the practices, all of that kind of stuff. I can tell you what my eyes see and what the stats say. Offense is bad. Uh, one, I don't know if he's staff uh, or just a, uh, a trusted contributor over on Red Ritter Sport says, basically the offense needs to be rebuilt from the ground up and you've got a few days to do it. <laughs> I don't know if it needs to be that, that extreme. Um, I just, I... I know when we see Tyler Shuck on the field, um, the offense, well, let's put it this way. The offense has been inconsistent thus far this year. Um, it's been bad in, in, in a lot of spots. Um, where it does fall on Shuck, I mean, there's this metric, uh, PFF offensive grades, uh, QBR, and I think it had Shuck at like a 16, which is wild. 
Um, in terms of QB play for week three, there, you know, there's this chart that's circulating on, on Twitter. It just kind of tracks every quarterback, every starting quarterback from the weekend. Uh, in, a, in a quadrant, obviously you want to be top right. Uh, it starts bottom left is like the worst and it trends toward the top right. Uh, Shuck is among the the bottom in the bottom left. Um, there was another stat from uh, the Twitter account Road to College Football Road to CFB, um, and it says while it loads, highest self inflicted quarterback pressure rate with a minimum of twenty pressures. Seth Hennigan from Memphis, Shadur Sanders from Colorado, Tyler Shuck. Mitch Griffiths from Wake Forest and Cam Ward from Wazoo. So, so what exactly does that mean? That they hold on to the balls longer than the pocket can hold, basically? Well, so what I think it is, um, is that either they're, it's probably a combination of them holding on to the ball or them bailing on a clean pocket. Um, the, the tweet finishes up and says the first four quarterbacks, which w- would include Shuck, have allowed more pressure themselves than any offensive line position on the field. So it's not like we have a, a bad left tackle, say, or bad right guard or whatever, um, where you're getting a lot of pressure consistently. Like he's doing it more to himself than anyone else is doing to him. You're not getting beat anywhere else besides Shuck doing it to himself. Now, having said all that, I think where we can understand where Joey McGuire and, and, and Kitley are coming from when, they, when they're standing behind uh, Shuck is that we've seen him play some really outstanding football for Texas Tech. We can't forget, I mean, it was nine months ago now, but that bowl game against Ole Miss Dude was lights out. Like we've seen flashes of him being really, really good. And I think that's what's really contributing to a lot of the fans' frustration um, is that we saw him be good at the end of last year. We expected that and then some to continue to build and get better and improve. Uh, And what we've seen so far is a pretty significant step in the wrong direction. So, yeah, which is kind of hard to stomach on a sixth-year player. Yeah, and and again, to, to his his defense there, like um, this is something that I I, I'm, I didn't find this out. I, I I'm repeating this from those that that you know track this a little bit better. Um, I, I believe it was Kyle that said like he's not like a normal six-year player. He's only had he only has like two years worth of starts under his belt, whereas a guy like Bo Nix has literally fifty games. You know, he's just not the same. Um, but still, that's six years or f- five or six years of prepping for games, um, studying film, being under the tutelage of great quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators. Um, his second year in a system, that's usually when you see the bigger, the biggest jump in offensives and, 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 and from quarterbacks in terms of performance. Um, year one to year two. And it's going the wrong direction. So, um, 
again, I will say it's not just the quarterback. Like, like how many guys around the offense can we say, like, man, like, we just need them to be, like, they're a guy. Like, they're a dude, right? It's Taj Brooks. Is there anybody else? The fact Maybe. that it's taking you that long to think about it. Like, I mean, you've had a couple of plays here and there, but like, I, it just feels like every position group around you, like you're looking for like, man, I like, we could just really use one more person to step up. Like, Duran Bradley, he's good, but he hasn't been yes. the guy. Miles Price, senior, like, you want to see more of him. You want to see more of Xavier White. Um, Tharp's close if they actually get the ball to him. Yeah, okay, often. so so if Tharp would be a player I would look towards and say, like, he's the guy that you would you would point to and say, like, he's, you can track his progression and he continues to, to improve and actually getting him the ball more. And he's, you know, I, I made fun of the Texas Tech Twitter account for uh, talking about, like, his, his career night. Um, was it two weeks ago? But, like, if you're, if you're putting career nights together, like, you can continue to build on that. Like, he's finally being utilized in a way that we've all hoped he would. I mean, he's nearly seven feet tall. <laughs> like, he's, he's a, a, a matchup nightmare. And he's got great hands. And he can block. He runs he runs solid routes. I mean, he's yeah, he's a good player. And then like, you know, you just like the offensive line, I was super high on on what, what they'd be able to do with, with all this age and um returning production and, and just experience. I would have expected more. Um we thought Shuck was going to be pretty good. We knew Brooks was good. We, we thought he'd have some guys around him, and, and unfortunately we've had to be without uh, Valdez due to injury. I think he should be back uh, fully very soon, if not this week. I think they said he was ready to go if necessary last past weekend. Uh, then you saw Nehemiah Martinez working some in the backfield, which was pretty good. Uh, then you saw Bryson Donnell, excuse me, <clears throat> towards the end of the game. Um, but like, it's still, it's like, it's all that to say, I, I'm, I, I know there are things that are negatively showing up in statutes and all that kind of stuff against Shuck. And I'm, I'm not defending him in the sense that like, we just need to be patient, but like, we've seen him be good. And I think that's where all, a lot of our expectations are coming from. But I'm also saying like, it's not just him. So no. Which, which he didn't do himself any favors because my no, theory, my theory was after the Oregon game, you know, when the, the ball is put in his hands, I think he threw it 40 times and he ran for 23. So 63 plays or whatever, it's solely up to him on how to execute it properly. Hand the ball off. That was my solution. Maybe, maybe don't put that in his hands so much. And so that's exactly what they did this last week against an FCS opponent. But he still could not find open receivers, and he was he was missing open receivers, and he was fifty percent on his completion. And they still handed the ball off to Taj Brooks nineteen times or whatever it was. So they did what I hoped they would do to kind of take that burden off his shoulders, and then he wasn't able to capitalize on it. Um, I'm sure he's frustrated too, but like you said, we have seen him play a lot better than that, and. 
when you're told by the head coach that that's who's going to be playing, then you just start getting your mind right and saying, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to hold you to it coach. And we're going to expect a better performance because I'm sure Chuck was disappointed. And so was McGuire, even though, you know, tech won in a runaway blowout, but it was not the, the manner in which we probably expected it to be. Yep. You know, you're hoping it, you'd hope it was 17. Okay. The offense only scored 17. Um, you'd hope it'd be 17, nothing at the end of the first quarter. It nearly like was. That. Or maybe it was. I don't know. It was, it was close, but it wasn't just on the offense. Uh, love that Malik, yeah. Malik Dunlap got in there and had that pick six. But um, anyways. Yeah, it, it was 21-0 after the first quarter. Oh, okay. 24-0 at half. So, so you only, only got a field goal in the third quarter or the second quarter. Second quarter. Yikes. Mm-hmm. So um where you did well, uh, and I think uh, this is like vindication for all of us fans clamoring for it. And I, I don't think McGuire and and Kitley are stupid, but it, it's not like they were sticking their head in the sand, like we're gonna force it through Shuck and we're not we're gonna avoid, you know, playing Brooks or whatever. But you ran the ball. 39 times uh, and picked up 221 yards on the ground, 5.7 yards per carry. I love that. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not tied to an offensive identity in the sense that like we're Texas Tech and we have to throw the ball 60 times a game. I don't care. I don't care if you run it 40, 50 times a game. You know what? I mean... I agree with you, but I do care when it's so bonkers off the wall different each week. So far, we've had three different yeah. games, and they've had zero identity in any of them. I mean, the third one, we ran the ball a lot. The second one, we ran the quarterback a lot. The first one, I don't know what the hell we were doing, but it wasn't successful. And Brooks probably got as many touches in overtime as he did in the rest of the of regulation in Laramie, but I, that's, that's my only thing with that. I agree. I wanted, I am not, um, sold on a scheme per se, but man, I I would like, I I was kind of, you know what? I'm walking completely back. I was sold on complimentary balanced football. We haven't seen it. And I would, I would like to see it. And it's going to be really tough to do that this week. We'll get to it some more, but West Virginia, loves to stop you from running the football. So they may have to switch back. That's why I'm, that's what I'm worried about. I don't know if they're going to overcorrect and come out with a game plan where Tech's going to throw 45 times and hand it off 10. Because that may be all the possessions you get against this West Virginia team. Yeah, maybe. <sighs> um so the, this uh, offensive success rate did pick up a little bit uh, as expected against an FCS opponent. Uh, it's your highest so far in this season. Overall for the game was 46%. Um, it was highest in the first quarter, 57%. It was lowest in the second quarter. You put up three points, dropped down to 36. Um, higher in the 
you know, middle of the of the three. It didn't record any stats, any of the success rates in the fourth quarter because at that point it was just garbage time. Um, but you ran the ball, and I think that was what we what we saw. That was, um, you know, like your success overall came from a commitment and a game plan to run the ball. Um, on passing downs, again, this is directly on the quarterback. You were most successful passing on passing downs in the first quarter. Worst in the second quarter. You went from 67% success rate on passing downs to 14%. First quarter to second quarter. It ticked up to 25% in the third quarter. So, I, I I don't want to get too much in what's Virginia preview just yet. So I'm I'm, I'm gonna stop it right there. Uh, defense this past weekend, you you did take three uh, three turnovers, three interceptions, including the pick six by Malik Dunlap. Dunlap he had two interceptions himself. Rabbit had the other one. Um, you had three sacks, six total tackles for loss. Um. You did see some young contributors um, and really excited about their future, their ability to grow and develop with this staff. Uh, we already talked about McNamara. Uh, we talked about in the post game. It was good to see Gino Garcia get on the field without it being uh, just a manic rush to get him on the field and kick with the game on the line. Uh, he was two for two on the night from 28 and 43 yards. Um Big plays, and I, I, I don't want to like just obliterate this dead horse, but you give the ball to Taj Brooks on, on your first run play, 38 yards. Let's mm. do it. Again, it, it's going to be going to be a little bit different this weekend against a team that is really good at stopping the run, but I mean, have them stop you then because that's been your most successful piece of this offense so far. Uh, I think that that touchdown to Miles Price was was a, a pretty big um, play, and it was thrown by Morton. It was a, an example of him throwing a good ball where only Price could get to it. Now, whether or not he actually caught it, it's up for debate. I think I, I know they reviewed it, and I know they 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 had the play stand. Um, but that's huge. I, it came after. Uh, Price had a pretty significant drop earlier in that drive or the drive before it. So it was good to get him uh, rolling. Uh, and then Miles Coleman, he had that sack on fourth down. Uh, one of your, your three sacks in the night had that sack on fourth down to get you the ball back. Um, those are a handful of the big plays I I wanted to point out. Did, did you have any others on, on, on your mind, Michael? Those were the main ones. I, okay. I'd, I think maybe not a big play, but that um, that first scoring drive on offense, just how it lined up that, you know, handing the ball to Taj Brooks to start it off, like you just mentioned, that 38 yard. And then I think Taj got it two or three more times on the drive. And then once they got to the goal, the goal line, uh, Shuck had the option to hand it to Brooks again, but he kept it and made the right decision. I will just to the well, left. I, I won't disagree that it was the right decision. I would say I think either one of them would have worked out. I I, I yeah because I, I think I did there were some it 
And I there were some linemen pulling to the right that probably would have gotten Brooks into the end zone. I think obviously Shuck pulling it was successful. He, he walked in untouched uh, and, and scored. I think Brooks would have also scored had he handed the ball off to Brooks. I think it was just a really well drawn up and executed play. Both options would have worked. And so my so all I was getting at on that was sorry, more of a big drive than a big play, because they actually set it up and the defense bought it completely, yeah. and Shuck walked right in. You mean instead of so throwing I, a play action passes several times before actually running the ball? Yeah, and just allowing the pressure to get to you. <laughs> As, as has been pointed out by whoever tweeted that. Yeah. Um, so g- coming into the game, uh, Michael and I were a little down, more down on the defensive performance than what we actually saw. Uh, I threw out 45 to 17. Um, offensively, I, I wish you had scored more than that, but you, you scored 41, you only gave up three. Uh, Michael, you were way down on the defense thought they'd give up 21 points man three touchdowns i i'm, I'm going to revisionist history time. that no and and I, I really thought there might be a pick six in there hmm okay so your defense would have given up 14 but yeah there would yeah have been that's a, that's reasonable yeah uh throwback uniforms so when it came out michael i i didn't like them i still don't like them I, I still don't like them um there were they're just I'm again, I'm a podcast host. I'm not a design. I'm not a uniform designer. Um, and I don't know if this is a, like if they're, if it matters, which brand is doing throwbacks. I don't know if like Adidas or Nike have better throwbacks. I know the ones from Mississippi state, all those, the horizontal maroon and white stripes were horrendous. I I don't even know. I don't even know if that was facetious or not. If it was an actual throwback or, they're making fun of something. Um, there were just 18 different design elements that were kind of thrown together, felt like haphazardly. And I get it. I get that they looked at uniforms from, I believe, the 60s and basically recreated them and then added a couple of things. I just... Michael, are we... Uh, I mean, is it a safe, safe space here? Yeah, go for it. Just because it's old doesn't mean it's worthy of a throwback. doesn't mean it's good. Well, and then they changed it enough to make, make you go, well, why did you add all these stripes? Or why did you do that? And, and I'm not someone who is a fan of three different color helmet, jersey, and pants. So when that first got announced and they first showed it, You've got the black helmet, red jersey, white pants. I pick one or two colors. I I don't really like the mix of all three. Mm-hmm. I will admit that live and in person and watching them play, I thought it looked a lot better. And I realize I'm wearing a cap that has a black front and a red bill and white mesh, but that's because I really want it to stand out and to pop. Sure. So, well, and it was because that uniform, was what so that was what Cardinals okay. had. <laughs> but I, 
I don't know. I, as much as I thought, man, I don't really like picking three different colors. It, I, I do think it looked it looked really well. And I, I, sh- I think you should clarify. You're not. You like throwback uniforms. I do. I do. And I, I just, I just and the like- and the flat double T. I just want. I just don't want people to come harass you for that because you do like the flat double T, right? I do. I'm also not completely opposed to the 3D double T. A lot of that's going to be colored by like I'm a I'm a younger fan, newer fan of Texas Tech. Like my freshman year was t- 2007. Like we were well entrenched in the 3D double T at that point. The bass boat glitter helmets, I like them, man. I like the uniforms back then. Um, I I. It feels like you've you've been stable enough that you've kind of carved out an identity, like a uniform identity, the past few years. But like there was a decade of like enough changes and enough like weird things happening that like I didn't like them. Starting with uh, Tuberville, and and I know some of those uniforms were were, were special occasions for a wounded soldier, wounded warrior, and then you had like the Texas Pride ones. I'm out on most of those. Um, I know people hated the ombre jerseys, the uniforms. I didn't hate the ones they wore in Stillwater. I hated the red to black ones they wore against Oklahoma. Um, I, I anyways, I, you said, I, I agree with you. I don't like the three different uniform color combination, helmet, jersey, pants, and I know that the black helmet gray face mask was again a part of the 1960s uniform. I don't like adding a fourth color into that mix. Um, on principle, I don't like wearing white at home. I think it's a little bit better, more palatable for me. And this is again my opinion. If it's like white, red, white. As opposed to yeah, like you've at least got some color, black, black, white, or black, red, white. Um, I really, I just like the black pants at home. If you want to wear white, have it be part of the, the road rotation where you can do white or black pants. Um, the black, white, black combination top down uh, is a good road combination. Black, red, black, I think is great at home. All black for special night games. Call it good. Have a throwback. Um, if you want to, you know, incorporate a throwback look into one of those combinations, but that's me, man. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I was. I mean, and I'm old enough to have. When I was a kid, I was given Texas Tech stuff that had the flat double T because that was the, the official logo. And then when they changed, it seems like the designers changed a little bit too. Because, man, there, there's some photos, and I remember some hats I had and stuff. They were Those were some of the ugliest hats. They were just all over the place. This, this flat double T was just everywhere with, like, the seal. Who puts the seal on a hat? <laughs> um, so I, I, think, I think it's a combination of they just got better at it uh, and – they changed it kind of at the same time they started getting better at it. And so now we're seeing 
these cleaner designs with the older logo and everyone's going, Oh, well the older logo is so much better, but I'm still old enough to remember some really crappy looking, uh, you know, shirts and hats and stuff with that old logo on it. That doesn't mean it was always just used perfectly, I guess. So I think that's part of it. A lot of people are seeing newer designs with the older logo and, and, you know, wishing for a simpler time. And then you go back and look at the, some of the actual stuff people wear, were wearing in the eighties and nineties with that logo on. And you're like, e. Ooh, I'm glad, I'm glad we're doing it this way now. Anyway, we've, we should probably move on to something else. Well, one more thing. Okay. So, okay. Uh, I, I, I was just thinking about this as, as you were, you were talking about throwbacks and, and going to just way back. Um, one, I was thinking, is there going to be some kind of tied to this centennial, which Texas Tech the University is celebrating this year, but it's not a centennial for football. They didn't start playing football until 1925. Do you think they're going to have a centennial-themed jersey either this year or in two years in 1925? It would make sense to wait until it's 100 years of the football program, but I don't know if they can use the same logo because I, I would imagine that that 100 that they've kind of yeah. been putting on all of the all of the you know merchandise and stuff they've been putting out this last year, I'm sure is only associated with the school itself. So maybe they still can use it on the uniforms, but I, I would imagine they'd have to do something. So the uniform from their first season was a plain top with just tech across the front. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. We're getting some. Uh, we're getting some comments on YouTube. Uh, Tad saying that he liked the gray face masks as a true throwback to that era, not as a permanent change, obviously. And then Haley is saying, "Dude, <laughs> stop! You must accept that you're a statistical outlier on uniforms. That's okay, but you're on the extreme periphery." I assume he's talking about me and, and, and that's okay. Probably. I'm, and it's weird. It's, it's, it's like, I don't ever have a take on uniforms, but every now and then I do. And I feel really strongly about it. So I, I usually make fun of people who have strong takes on uniforms. And then when I have one, I realize I should probably walk that back. I'm, I'm, I'm not one that's going to get all like up in arms and be like, we're the red Raiders. We have to wear red. That's not, I, 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 I make <laughs> right. fun of those guys. Um, but okay. It's fine. It's fine. I, I, that's that's fair. I like we can move on. I, I'm just responding to something Michael put in the notes. Yeah, uh, and and I, I had opinions on. It. I I thought they were bad. Um, <laughs> but like I said, it's my opinion, so it's true. It's okay that I'm 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 alone on that. All right, let's uh let's preview the West Virginia West Virginia Mountaineers. Um, Texas Tech after beating. An FCS opponent did move up in the S&P Plus rankings to 36th. Um, they are facing off number 60 West Virginia Mountaineer team, uh, which is a little bit surprising, but I guess uh, we've, we were kind of expecting West Virginia to be down this year. Game time set for 2.30 on ESPN Plus. Um, almost hard to believe that Neil Brown's been there for five years already, uh, just under 500 on his career record. Um, 14 and 21 though, as a, in big 12 play as a head coach, uh, which is not good. Um, and he's, well, he was Oh, for Oh, for against, um, Matt Wells, which was saying something. 
Um, so far, he's over against McGuire, but he's only had one shot at him. Um, so far this season, they're two and one. Uh, we know that they lost pretty bad against Penn State, uh, picked it up against Duquesne, and then had the surprise upset. Upset based on the the projection projections predictions for the game. Um, going in against Pitt, uh, Pitt may just be really bad, uh, but they won uh, even without Garrett Green, seventeen to six. Um, Garrett Green, I believe, is out for this weekend. I think they were trying to get him back in for the game. Um, but yeah, I know that he didn't practice Monday or Tuesday. That much I know for sure. And it's an ankle injury, but I haven't really seen much discussion beyond that. Yeah. Um, they, they went with, um, their former four-star quarterback, uh, Markiel, Nico, Nico Markiel, redshirt freshman, um, six foot one, two twenty five. uh, was 13 to 23. So completing uh, just over 50% of his passes, 135 yards and a touchdown ran the ball 14 times for 39 yards. Uh, but their rushing game, their, their running backs. I think this, we talked about this, even with Garrett green, we're going to be, what's going to be the strength of their, their offense. Um, CJ Donaldson and Jalen Anderson. Uh, Donaldson is uh, carrying the bulk of the carries, 49 carries for 250 yards, just under five yards per carry and two touchdowns. Anderson, um, 28 carries, 108 yards, so just under four yards per carry and a touchdown. These are big dudes. Uh, CJ Donaldson, 6'1", 240. Like, that's a big running back. Uh, Anderson's 5'11", 215. Um these guys will thump you pretty good. Uh, when they do throw, they've got a couple guys uh, on the outside, Hudson, Clement, and Devin Carter. Uh, Clement is a freshman, 6'1", 199. So far, six catches for 187 yards, three touchdowns. Carter is a redshirt senior, 6'3", 215. Seven catches for 100 yards. Uh, and then tight end Cole Taylor Jr., big dude, 6'7", 258 catches. Again, 107 yards, just like Carter but he does add a touchdown to his name. Um, yeah, what were you going to say? So so uh, another thing to mention on this, you know, they use Cole Taylor a lot or they'll bring in a second tight end actually and they'll use them to run block and so they'll swing and go one side or the other and and block for Donaldson or Anderson. There was a third running back too who had gotten a lot of carries, but he only played in the first two games. So I'm unsure if he got hurt. I should have put his name in here anyway. But just to give you all an idea, I mean, part of it may be because QB1 went down so early. So last week, hosting Pitt, Garrett Green threw two passes before he was out of the game. Nico Markell only threw nine. So as a team, they threw 11 passes and they rushed it 51 times. So CJ Donaldson had 18 attempts for 102 yards. Jalen Anderson had 19 attempts for 62 yards. They're going to run the ball folks. That's okay. And, and, you know, I mean, I think that's what we're going to kind of get into is to me, I was talking to a friend, about this game earlier and this kind of feels like a 
a Wyoming team on steroids offensively. Just a really strong rushing team uh, with some really big tight ends. They don't have quite as many guys that they're rotating in at the running back position as Wyoming did. I swear Wyoming just ran out six running backs because they could. But it kind of feels that same way, but with, you know, some power five talent behind it. Yeah, a little bit. Um, they're averaging 200 rushing yards per game and f- almost four and a half yards per carry, which is a lot. Um, again, uh, a lot of like what you saw against Pitt. I mean, they are throwing for 180 yards per game, so not not doing a whole lot through the air. Um, but when they do, they're getting seven and seven point seven yards per attempt. Um, so they're they're finding their spots. Um, they are scoring just under 30 points per game where Texas Tech is allowing 25. Uh, defensively, Texas Tech allows teams to throw for 235 yards and 5.8 yards per attempt, 143 yards on the ground for 3.9 yards per carry. Um, so the middle of this defense and how committed uh, DeRuiter is, or how how he's going to commit guys into the box is going to be um, big determining factor for this game, obviously. Um, and then being disciplined enough that you're not going to get lulled into they just ran it 15 times in a row and they just b- obliterate you with a play action pass where nobody's paying attention. Um. You know, if they're going to throw it 12 times a game, you need to be ready for those 12 attempts and not just sleep on them. So when Tex Tech has the ball, Tex Tech has moved up to number 18 offensively uh, against a not, I mean, not bad defense, but not, you know, statistically great. I think, um, I mean, in terms of S&P Plus, they're just a few spots better than Tech. Uh, where Tech is 73rd, West Virginia's defense is 70th. Um, they're led by their linebacker, Lee Pogba, 22 tackles, 12 solo. Um, got their second leading tackler, Trey Lathan, it's a linebacker, then, uh, cornerback Beanie Bishop. Um, they've racked up six sacks. Uh, I would say only six sacks. Uh, it's two per game uh, on the season led by a defensive lineman, and I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, Michael. You want to give it a shot? Tomiwa Durojaya. Tomiwa Durojaya. Sure. Uh, is he a, a defensive end? Well, he's, a, he's just listed as a lineman. I okay. didn't actually look to see where he lined up, but I'm, I'm sure he's on the edge. Yeah, 6'4", almost 280. Yeah. It's a big dude big out there. Dude. Uh, and then uh, a junior. Okay, so the the position you've got marked as B A N. You think that's Banshee? Could be. What well, banjo? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't know the 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 nomenclature for the West Virginia defense on their name. That was his position. That was his position listed from the website for Tyron Bradley. Tyron who Bradley. is a junior from Lubbock. Yeah, from a, a Monterey Plainsman coming back. So he's got the uh, – uh, so Drojaya has two and a half sacks, and Tyron Bradley 
has one, and then there's a couple other guys with with uh, you know half sacks in there. They've got five interceptions on the season. Uh, three of them were against Pitt, so they also had a three interception game, just like Tech did. Uh, Beanie Bishop's the number three in tackles uh, has two of those five interceptions. Um, they're not great against the pass, Michael. They give up 215 yards at 7.9 yards per attempt. Uh, but they are really stout against the run. 93 rushing yards allowed per game. Um, 2.8 yards per carry. And this is, again, they've had uh, a game against an FCS and then potentially a bad pit team. Um, but they're th- three games in, and they're allowing fewer than 100 yards uh, per per game less than three yards per carry where Tex tech is allowing 143 yards per game uh, and almost four yards per carry. So same type of thing. They've played a power five. They played a, I guess they played two power five. Yeah. And they played Penn state. Yeah. Penn state and Pitt. Um, they are allowing teams to score 20 points per game. Tex tech is scoring just under 35 points per game. Having said all that, Michael, and having my my trepidations a bit about being able to uh, lean on your running game because it's been what's been good uh, for you this so far this season against the teeth of this defense, their strength. Um, Texas Tech is about a touchdown favorite on the road. How does that make you feel? Are you are you nervous about that? Is that about yes, right? I. Okay. I'm nervous about it. I was I was really nervous about it, and so until I started looking more into last week's game with Pitt, because I know that Pitt has traditionally not been very good at football, but they have done a lot better the last couple seasons. But they had an awful game in Morgantown, and their quarterback. If you go back up to your chart that you showed me earlier. He was Phil, whatever his name. I can't read it. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Uh, even worse on the on the negative incline there than Shuck was. Yes. And then slightly better was West Virginia's backup quarterback. So I, I'm just, I'm just saying that. But also not good. Yeah. What made me feel some better is I was like, oh, man, it kind of turned my head. West Virginia won this game, this historical game that means a ton to their fans. I'm glad they got to play it. I'm glad they got a home and home of this game and got to redeem themselves from last year, how it ended. But Pitt gave them the game. You know, those three interceptions were awful. They were some of, they were just not even close. And they were all bad throws. They were all throws that the quarterback shouldn't have made. And, you know, they. I think most all of them had a really great return. So I don't think, you know, that that started to make me feel better. You know, that West Virginia, yeah, they got those three interceptions, but it's not like they even had to work for him. Someone just threw mm-hmm. them the ball three times. Well. Just said, here you go. To be fair, some of Shuck's interceptions have looked like that. It's true. It's very true. So I'm I'm kind of in a chicken egg situation right now where I talk myself into that win doesn't look as good as it did because Pitt handed him the game. But then also I've seen Texas Tech 
hand Oregon a game, um, kind of in the same manner. Mm-hmm. So I I know that that's possible, and I've seen just some untimely throws. And then also I'm seeing this defense will probably force Tech to throw, even if they do go in and try to run the ball. Uh, they may not be as successful as they want to be, or they may abandon it too soon. Um, you know, if and they may not want to risk Brooks getting overworked because he's the main guy. He's really the only guy. Yeah. I mean, I know Martinez is getting some carries, not quite the same when he's in. I, I still think he's doing a fine job for bouncing around in position groups. But having Valdez back will be great if he can fully go. That way Brooks can have, you know, a little bit of rest and that way Kitley can feel like he's got a chance to to run Brooks some more if he needs to and knowing that he's got somebody who can come in and, and take some reps and give him a breather. But I don't know how I feel about this. You know, as we've sat here, I've changed my mind like three times. I, all, I, all I know so far is, you know, tech at minus six. I don't feel great about that. Then again, West Virginia is probably forced to play their redshirt freshman quarterback. Yeah. And that's not ideal for them. Another thing in Tech's favor, though, West Virginia has yet to give up an interception this this year. And so if if there's going to well, be an interception they... thrown, hopefully it's the redshirt quarterback's first start yeah. where he throws his, you know, when he throws his 10th pass in two weeks. Maybe it'll sail off for a pick six or something. So I still I still haven't predicted. You go. No, I I'm I'm not even ready to give you that. I was gonna talk talk more about the stats from this Pitt game. Um, in a game where Pitt attempted twenty passes and completed eight, again, they they were pretty committed. I mean, they only ran fifty six plays on the night. Um. They so they they threw it twenty times. Um, and three ran, of them went to West Virginia. <laughs> three of those, yeah. Um, so they ran it thirty six times, and they actually they weren't bad on the ground. Three point six yards per carry, hundred thirty yards. That's not terrible. Like West Virginia was not actually all that good running the ball this week weekend. Fifty one attempts and picked up one hundred and fifty yards. Three point zero yards per carry. And I think Pitt had a fumble too on a on a on a running play. I think there might have been four turnovers total. I might be missing that somewhere, but it was just a really really bad game from Pitt. Well, okay, so so p- part of West Virginia's rushing total includes thirty yards lost. That that may have been some sacks in there too. Uh, obviously, there would be sacks, and I don't know if uh, the play that Green was hurt on was a sack, but. They netted 151 rushing yards on 51 attempts. Even if they even if they picked up 180 rushing yards on 51 attempts, that doesn't scare me. That doesn't bother me. That's true. Let's let, let's let's do this math really quickly. I, I can't do that in my head because I'm I'm stupid. 3.5 yards per carry. That that doesn't bother me. If you gave up 3.5 yards per carry against this team that has nothing else to do. Mom, I, I I would be, if you told me Tech Tech allowed Western to run for 3.5 yards per carry, I'm telling you Tech Tech is winning that game. 
Okay. So TTU minus six on the road. With an point total is fifty-five. Fifty-five. It's pretty pretty low. Um, and with the offensive issues we talked about at the, the top of the episode. Texas Tech. <laughs> 27. West Virginia. 24. Okay. So you're taking the under, right? Under Barely. and West Virginia to cover. Yes. But tech to win, which is all that really matters. Okay. I'm going to be a little more bullish, which I'm surprised. I told my friend earlier, there's no way I would do this way. I, I, I'm going to pick tech to win by a touchdown, but I'm unsure how yet. I think, I think I'm going to go basically with what you did. But instead of 27, 24, I'm going to go 31, 24. Oh, that's a push. Who wants to do a push on the over <laughs> under? Uh, let me change that. 23. <laughs> Just have it be weird. Have it have some like, I kind of want to take point the point or a. Yeah. I kind of want to take, you know what? Uh, someone, they, they go for two once 31, 25. Yeah, because because they're, they're they're set up for that last drive to to take the lead and actually get that last yeah. drive. So okay. yeah, they're trying to get that, and then Tech wins. Yeah, that's what it is. So thirty-one twenty-five. Of course, then now that's a push on the. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> now that's a push on the minus six. Okay. Um, twenty-three would have been been better. Yeah, let's do twenty-three. And then I'll take the under because there's there's always like a weird there's a weird score number with these tech West Virginia games it feels like I'm I'm just going to um, bank on the fact that the that hopefully West Virginia will turn the ball over our defense will play well they'll get the first interception from these guys on on the season uh, I'm going to lean on the fact that while running the ball will not be nearly as effective as it was against Tarleton State. I don't think anyone would expect that, but it'll be effective enough and that Shuck will play much better, have a good focus game, take control of the ball, and find Tharp. Please. Find Miles Price. Find Brandley, Bradley. Uh, Jordan Brown. Let's get him Brown involved. has been great. Yeah, I mean, you know, Hopefully Fungi can can work himself back in a little bit more and and get into that rotation. Uh, Cup I think will be available again. I think he was out last week, so that's it. I'm just going in with some optimism. I'm Love a tech it. fan though. I know it can all come crashing down, but I, I think that as you know, you know this defense is only allowing 20 points a game, but you know, tech does have, I think a on their best days, they have a better offense than this defense. So that's what I'm going to go with. It's going to be a good day. 31, 23. Well, if you look at the, 
Um, I mean, it's the number 18 offense versus the 70th defense. So when, when Tech has the ball, 18 versus 70. Um, when West Virginia has the ball, it's 51 versus 73. They have the 51st best offense versus the 73rd defense. Net advantage there is Texas Tech, but you're on the road. Um, you haven't put, I mean, you, you played one game on the road. It was Laramie. It has its own weirdness to it. You're not playing at night, which is, uh, reduces a little bit of the, the, the benefit, the net benefit for, for West Virginia, I think. So obviously their, their, their environment at home, granted it was a, a rivalry game, but it was at night. Um, you, I don't think you're going to see that same environment. They've always been up for, 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 for the tech games though. Um, so anyways, I know I feel like we've talked ourselves. We've talked, I've into talked myself this. into a win. I've also <laughs> talked myself like justified into saying it nine different ways that 24 points feels like a lot for West Virginia. And I want, I want to like, let's nah, it's not give up 24, but tech tech is giving up 25 on the season. So well, 31 feels like a lot for tech to me. To, just to be able to pull that off. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on before we get to setting up the rest of the big 12 slate for what I'm going to call statement Saturday. I'm going to, I'm going to pull a bit from uh, the solid verbal, at least for, uh, for now uh, you get a lot of games opportunities for big 12 teams to, to come out and, and, and say something. Um, you had a player come out and say something. 2025 West, not West. 2025 wide receiver out of Stephenville, Tristan Gentry committed tonight. 6'1", 165. A little bit slider build there. Um, but dude's a, a pro- productive receiver for that 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 team. Uh, re- recently, this was uh, a week ago, so last week's performance got him, so not, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. Uh, he had eight receptions, 252 yards, and four touchdowns. So what is that? More than 30 yards per catch and 31 and a half. Half of his catches were touchdowns. Uh, Good Lord. That landed him on a nomination for Gatorade bowl. Mr. Texas football player of the week. So, well, we hated to beat his hometown team. That same, that same week he had such a dominant performance. Yeah, it happens though. Uh, stole him, uh, getting him out of, out of Stephenville. Uh, and I believe Coy Eakin is also from there, right? He's a guy that like blew up in the playoffs and we're like, let's, let's, let's take him. Isn't there a song called leaving Stephenville? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Yeah. It's a Kyle Park song. But can I also, can I also just say like, it's great to have him. Uh, I, I don't want to just unload all kinds of unrealistic expectations on Micah Hudson, but Micah Hudson should be here and establishing his, his own presence and thumbprint on this, uh, this offense by the time that well, and I th- Gentry makes it to campus. <laughs> yeah. And I think Gentry, this is his first offer. Yeah, it is. I uh, think that and doesn't bother me as much as it used to. Cause I, I just know like my confidence in the staff. No, not at all. That what I'm getting at is, watch the other offers start pouring in because Texas Tech gave him one. And that's the kind of respect that they get. 
in the, yeah. in the, in the I mean, industry. that's, yeah. that's fine. That's great. All right. Um, big 12 slate for September the 23rd. Again, I'm calling it statement Saturday is Oklahoma as good as they've put up so far this season outside of maybe that SMU game. They are on the road in Cincinnati, 14 and a half point favorites, 11 a.m. kickoff on Fox. Is that the big noon game then? I, it's got to be. Okay. It's OU. I just like that it was one, another time just to put OU on at 11 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Because they love it. They love it. They that. love it. They're I mean, who knows? Maybe they were hyping it up as a, you know, since he's first big 12 game to host and I, yeah, it seems kind of interesting that this one got elected for big Fox, the big nooner. Yeah. Um, one bad performance isn't like, I'm not like all out on, on Cincinnati, but I'm also, I think we're undervaluing maybe how good Oklahoma may be this year. And that may just be from a, a Texas tech standpoint. Cause they're not on our schedule. So like, Literally don't yeah. even care. I have not been paying attention to them aside for this podcast. This is that's the only reason I'll look up what they did. So just as an outside, give me a OU in the points. Give them a win by like 21, 24 points. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, since he struggled at Pitt, but they did win. They had a, a convincing win against Eastern Kentucky. Okay. But yeah, the overtime loss hosting Miami, Ohio. I don't know if they quite bounce back um, this week. So I, I would take OU just because of what they did at Tulsa, really. Yeah. Uh, couldn't care what they did at Arkansas versus Arkansas State versus SMU. Was they made kind Butch of Jones flop. cry, man. <laughs> but they went to Tulsa and won by almost 50. Yeah. So I. Seven touchdowns. It's rough. Yeah. Uh, SMU coming across town to take on TCU in Fort Worth. TCU is a touchdown favorite at home versus SEC, or SMU. That seems like an easy pick to me. That's Yeah, TCU. give me TCU to cover that. Uh, after they just, I wouldn't say blew out, but they, they beat Houston on the road by three touchdowns. Handily. Yeah. Uh, BYU getting their first Big 12 play on the road at Kansas. Again, BYU is coming off a big road win at Arkansas. Are they, are they better than maybe we, we anticipated BYU being this year? Uh, is this a spot for Kansas to, to solidify that they're actual, con, I wouldn't say contenders, but they're, um, they're on their way up. It's, it's a great spot, man. Good spot for both these teams to, to come out and say something. Kansas is almost 10 point favorites, nine and a half point favorites, 2.30 ESPN, so you can flip from the app to your TV or vice versa with um, your tech game. You can watch it simultaneously if you care that much in Big 12 football to have two Big 12 games on at the same time. Um, man, as a, uh, as a Kansas believer, like I, I would want to take Kansas here, but... That's a big line. Give me BYU to cover, like Kansas to win, but BYU to cover. I'm I'm leaning that way too. 
I, but I could see BYU coming in and winning, you know, to go into Fayetteville and, and get a road win there. That's not easy. And, you know, Kansas went to Nevada last week, 20 something point favorites mm-hmm. got out of there with a touchdown win 31, 24. So they still won obviously, but I don't know if they're built to cover just yet. So I'm going to pick BYU plus nine and a half, but I wouldn't be too surprised if Kansas or if BYU actually won. Yeah. That's a weird thing to say. If BYU actually won it and Lawrence, <laughs> Lawrence, what um, a crazy thing. Okay. Speaking about crazy things, do you know what the over under is for this Oklahoma state, Iowa state game is? No, so I, thought, it is, it's too I saw it in the thirties. I saw it in the thirties. The it's last I checked, uh, Iowa I'm state. Look, I'm going to look while you're talking on the road and Ames. Iowa state is a three and a half point favorite, which is wild to me that Oklahoma state has fallen as much as they have just in the three weeks that we've started this. We played football this year that against a team with no offense, like literally no players on offense. And I will keep saying that because again, I don't have any kind of perspective on Iowa state football. I'm going to watch them. I don't care. They're not on my schedule this year. Um, Iowa state is getting three and a half points at home, which is wild. Like I don't think either team could score the over under here of 36 and a half, which Michael just found. Um, no, no team has scored 36 points. The highest output of any of these teams was 30 points from Iowa's, state against northern iowa uh oklahoma state hasn't hit 30 it gave up 33 this past weekend against south alabama at home that's fun um like whatever i whatever oklahoma state can try to put together an offense they're going up against a really good stout iowa state defense on the flip side iowa state has no offense like this is going to be just drag to watch why that's on FS one and not like the Ocho FS two. Nobody wants to watch this game. Nobody. This, this is like a 13 to nine kind of game, but I have no idea who's going to win it. Um, I mean, I would, I would one total touchdown scored in the game. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think I would, I think I would lean toward Oklahoma State winning. So I would take them also because I just have trouble taking Iowa State favored against a a conference opponent right now. But I would take Oklahoma State plus three and a half, but I have no idea who's going to win this game. I would love to see it be like 13 to 12. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Or, or, you know, 11 to five. And and like not having to actually watch that game because that would be just a a beating. just see the score. Just know yeah. that it happened. Not sit through it. And ugh, yeah, Houston getting twelve and a half points hosting Sam Houston State. Yikes! Houston on Houston. I mean, Houston's going to win this game. <laughs> no, uh, the Houston Cougars are going to win this game. Um, And they'll cover, but yeah, that's will all they, I got. Will they though? I'm going to pick Sam Houston plus 12 and a half Texas. based off of sorry BYU only putting 14 on them at home. And their first FBS action, yeah. Um, 
Texas going up, what, like an hour up the road, up 35 into Waco. Yeah, um, depends on traffic. They'll probably spend more time getting out of Austin than will the rest of the drive. <laughs> um, they're getting 15 points in Waco. My neighbor, uh, his father-in-law is actually a Texas fan. He's like, I got to take us that game. You going to go? He's like, yeah, I guess. It's like, well, as a, as a fan of neither one of these teams and not having any kind of allegiance, like, besides like a t-shirt passing but I, I don't know like how how his father-in-law is a texas fan it may be just a t-shirt fandom it's probably not a bad game to attend um and and, and that like texas i think is going to just wipe the floor with baylor yeah i, 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 I think baylor's texas been exposed yeah give me texas to cover that um Again, an opportunity for for Baylor to come out and like say, actually, we're we're better than our, our record has shown, or better than than what we've been able to put on the field so far. But maybe not against Texas. Maybe Texas like we're we're gonna we're gonna now show the rest of we're gonna show the Big Twelve on the way out that we're for real and that we're back this year. Um, Six thirty and ABC that game. Uh, Central Florida coming to Kansas State, uh, a very depleted Kansas State. I don't know if you saw the tweet, Michael. They're missing a bunch of guys. I think Will Howard is questionable. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys that went down against Missouri is out for the season. Um, anyways, a statement like UCF coming in first conference game like ends on the road, 7 p.m. on FS1. Um, an opportunity here to announce themselves as, hey, we're ready to, to compete in, in this league. Um I would I'm pulling for Kansas State to win. I don't, I don't want. I don't, I don't know. I don't want UCF to be good this year because I, I I I want Texas Tech to beat them, but I also don't want Kansas State to be good because I want Texas Tech to beat them. Give me. Well, or, or I want them both to be really good and Texas Tech beat them. Sure, how about that? Uh, UCF to cover, but lose. So a close game, but that's Kansas State pulls it out as a home. That's what I'll hope for too. Despite all the, you know, their depleted roster, hope everybody gets healthy again. But that's what I'll pull for too. Because I mean, UCF can score. They put up fifty six. Yeah, it was Kent State. They put up forty eight. Yeah, it was against Villanova. But they can score. Uh, but they can also struggle on the road. So yeah. went up to Boise and only put up eighteen. Yeah, I mean, without the injuries, I don't think I would hesitate to take Kansas minus six and a half. But a night game uh, in Manhattan, Bill Snyder Family Stadium oh yeah. could be rocking, dude. Absolutely. The fans will be there. Just had a heartbreaker, you know, 61-yard field goal. <sighs> Sucks. Walk-off field goal loss last week. So I, I think everybody, the players, everybody's going to be doing everything they can to get back in the win column. But when you're that depleted, it just makes it that harder to open conference play. So, yeah, UCF plus six and a half. That's, that's where I'm feeling. All right, man. But, Grain of salt because I think I don't know if I like I went in my action app. I usually do this on Saturday mornings and I go through and I put some form of quote unquote action on each Big 12 game. And I was like three for 11 last week, my friend. Ouch. It was terrible. And I had a parlay, I had a three game parlay, just money line only, of Iowa State, Oklahoma State. 
And who else lost that shouldn't have lost? <laughs> I forgot who it Cincinnati? was. Cincinnati? Yes. Hmm. And, and all three of them, all three of them were, were duds. So really the three and 11 is generous. It's more like three and 14. So yeah, but my picks are usually trash, but I felt pretty good about most of these tonight. We'll see how they actually turn out. I'm not going to keep up with it. Yeah. Well, text tech has the opportunity to get off on the right foot in conference play. Um, to really have got, I would love to say the three very winnable conference games to start your, your big 12 schedule, West Virginia, Houston, Baylor. Um, two of those are on the road though, but three teams that you look at and like, say, I, I think you should have some confidence to win these games. Uh, but you got to play up, got to play the game, uh, got to actually travel, uh, and you know, perform. So, you want to finish this up and get to what do we learn? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. Right. Michael, I had um had a three year old's birthday party at my house tonight. My three year old madness. It was Absolute madness. Madness. Um, and even though my my body has at some point decided to hate pizza, which is just most unfortunate, it is undefeated as just a crowd pleasing, relatively cheap meal. We had. Mm-hmm. 25 people in my house tonight, Michael. We bought six pizzas. We have basically two full pizzas left over. I spent $50 on pizza. And not like Little Caesars or frozen pizza out of uh, the the freezer section at the grocery store. No, I'm from Domino's, man. I got six pizzas from a carryout place. When we've hosted birthday parties because we'll you know we'll do different things but 
uh, we've we've actually done Dion's before because our little one they're bigger too really likes Dion's yeah and so we've done that too but yeah pizza is such a crowd pleaser and it's not relatively speaking it's not messy you know it's not like people are walking around with a plate full of chips and salsa or chips and queso and there's just crunched chips everywhere and drips of it, it's pizza is very portable especially with the three-year-old mm-hmm. and all their friends so yeah just i'm 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 at that same stage though i can't do pizza anymore either it's a shame i hate it i hate it because i love pizza well yeah and the cheese is what gets me and so i just can't i don't think i could come up with a good pizza without cheese it just feels like one of those foods that i'm just gonna let go for the most part it's too bad it's the it's the meat for me pizza flavored pringles it's the same thing not even close it's the meats (laughs) the extra grease or something it like just upsets my stomach like no uh, no other on that front not that anybody needs to know my medical history or what's going on in my life but uh, i have a upper gi schedule for next week so i have some some answers maybe by this time next week i would have had my my gi scoped out it's tuesday afternoon that's a that's a fun way to spend a tuesday afternoon oh so you'll be fresh you'll be fresh from that i'll have a great nap procedure yeah and then we'll record yeah i'll tell you how hungry i was when i got home because <laughs> it's it's a one of those things where you can't eat or drink after midnight yeah yeah. And of course, they're like, we want you here at, at noon. I was like, oh my gosh, noon. Anyways, what did you well, learn, Mike? I, I learned that the British can make a pretty good Western. So, like a movie? On a whim. Well, it's a six part series. Okay. So, it's a digestible, it's a normal length episode. You know, I think there's only one episode over an hour. And um, I'm completely, oh my gosh, this is great. Completely blanking on the actress's name. How awful. John Krasinski, she's married to John Krasinski. Uh, Emma Stone. No, no. Emily Blunt. <laughs> Emily Blunt, there you go. I don't know why I thought that any first. <laughs> but and I just blurted it um, out too, like it was supposed to be right. That's pretty close. That's good. You had the EM. Yeah. I, I was thinking something way off. I always forget what I, anyway. It's a six-part series. Um, it's called The English, and it's on Amazon. And it is, I have to warn everybody, though, before you run and go check it out, like, oh, it's a Western. Yeah, it's a Western, but it's a very violent Western. It's probably, it would it would be a very hard-rated R if it was in the theater. Um, I, I think it's, I don't necessarily think it's gratuitous. I think it's just, shows how harsh that era of the time could be. But it, it does, you know, they have some characters that have suffered some really rough diseases and or treatment by others to where it almost turns into some horror here and there. Uh, it, it's kind of funny. It's got funny parts. It was shot in Spain. It's gorgeous. I mean, it, it just looks like the, the plains of Kansas. I don't know. I had no idea it was shot in Spain until I looked at it later. It just looks like the great open plains. It's it's mm. fantastic. The just the cinematography alone will sell you. But anyway, I, that was it. I just learned that the the Brits can make a pretty good Western. 
when they want to. And there's a lot of British actors in it, and they have their accents because they all came from. That, that's what that's the gist of it. You know, that's that was the term that I think a lot of people used for. Well, for lack of a better word, for all the white people, for all the Anglo's who came over, they're just whether they came from Scotland or Poland or anything, they were just called the English. Okay. But really good performances. Um, a lot of a Native American actors in, in there who I didn't recognize and I didn't know of, but I will look up their work because they're outstanding, particularly the lead. He's from Oklahoma. Because I was telling my wife, I I, I, I think, I, I know so many things that I think I know more than I do. And accents is one of those things. So when someone's pulling off an accent I'm, that I think is fake, usually I can spot it. But this guy, he just, he sounded like people you would hear talk. And he's from Oklahoma. So that it just it just made sense to me. I don't know what it was. I was like, this guy's this guy's accent is super authentic. I don't think it's an accent. I think he's just talking. So I felt good about it. But What's anyway, his uh, if, his character's name? Uh, it was Eli Whip. Okay, is the character's name, but man, I am blanking on the actor's name. Chask Chasky Spencer. Yes. It's either Chask or Chasky. C H. Uh, oh, Chesky Cheskay. As a pronunciation guy, there, he was excellent. He's really, um, he just really gave a good performance too. So, check it out, everybody. Yeah, he um, first uh, gained prominence to his role as Sam in Twilight. I know he showed up on my screen like a movie star. And I'm going, who is this guy? I've never seen this guy before. And it's a shame that I hadn't. Yeah. So, uh, I'm sorry, born in Oklahoma, grew up in Montana, and is part of the, well, he is Lakota Sioux. Hmm. Enrolled with a Fort Peck uh, Sioux tribe of Montana. Anyways, you may have to check it out. Yeah. Just know it's a, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's an R movie. All righty. Show. Well, that'll do it for us in 23 personnel podcast. Got you the wrap-up of Tarleton State, a preview for West Virginia, where Michael and I are both predicting wins for the Red Raiders on the road. Hopefully, uh, with a little bit more of a, a cushion than just a few points, but that'll do it for us. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. 
Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.